Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Today's message is going to be short. At the very end, I'm going to show you a very powerful video. And I just really want to share with you something the Lord spoke to me that will be for many of you. How many? As many as take it. You know, you don't receive anything from the Lord that you don't receive by faith. Why? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Period. You cannot please God without faith. And as Kelly shared, if you weren't here when she shared a little bit ago, I hope I get this right, they, my whole family went skiing without me, <laughs> which wasn't the whole family. <laughs> and uh, so they went skiing a few weeks ago. And so she took lessons. And I, did you fall three times or just three different instructors tell you? But you fell once. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. But all three instructors told her to look up, which was our theme for Chosen last year. And the reason being is because you will go in the direction of your focus. That's why if you want to be healed, side note, Proverbs 4, 20 through 24 tells you how to be healed. It says, my son or my child, attend, attend, that means pay attention to my words, consent, and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And here you go. Healing and health to all of your flesh. That's God's prescription. So what does that mean? You can't have two visions. You can't put your total focus on the symptoms. And some of your focus on the word. Your, your focus has to be on what God says. Now, that doesn't mean you don't treat whatever you need treatment for, but I'm telling you, the word is medicine, so you've got to take it. You have to, how do you take it? I just told you, keep it in front of your eyes, meditate on it in your heart, pay attention with your ears, and it'll be life to you and health to all your flesh. And so these instructors told her to look up. Because you're going to go in the direction of your focus. So if you're looking at your feet all the time, hoping you don't fall, guess what's going to happen? You're going to fall. And I told the story years ago. It's still one of my favorite stories. True story of a father that wanted to teach his son a lesson. And they were in the snow, actually. I mean, it was a light snow. And he said, son, the first To go to that tree with the straightest line wins, and I don't know, $10 or whatever it was. Well, the son was just determined he was going to beat his dad. And so the whole way to the tree, he watched his feet the whole way to the tree. But when they got to the tree, it wasn't who got there first. It was who had the straightest line. When they got to the tree, the father won. And the son was perplexed, but the father had a lesson. He said, I did that to show you, you keep your eye on the goal, not on your feet, not on your path. That's why it says, attend to my word. 
See, if you keep your eyes on what's going wrong with you or what's wrong with your children or wrong with your situation, that's where your attention's going to be. You won't reach the goal. You won't. I have a lot of experience in this. Both ways, unfortunately. So the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago, as I've been telling you, about coming full circle. He said, you're going to come full circle. It's time. And so I began to set my attention on full circles. I've had so many of them. And then last week, toward the end of the week, the Australian prophetess, Anna Valser, posted this. You might have seen it on social media. This is a time of divine recovery for you. The Lord is bringing you full circle. And now you are taking the spoils of the battles. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. But you got to receive it by faith. You said it, I believe it. I woke up this morning, the Lord, I heard Matthew 4, 4. You know what that says? It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Where did that come from? When Satan was trying to tempt Jesus to turn stones into bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Why? Jesus is the word. He said, I am the bread of life. And I looked it up in the Greek, as I always do, and that word, live by every word, is the word rhema. It is the voice of God speaking to you specifically. I heard my spiritual father say he had, his whole family had had heart um, disease. And they all got it in their 70s. So when he got to his 80s, the doctors told him, he's a pilot. And, you know, you have to go through a physical every year. And the doctors told him, uh, you need a heart pacemaker. And he said, okay, I'll receive it by faith. And the Lord spoke to me, said, no, you won't. You're going to receive it by a doctor. <laughs> and he used an, an aviation term. I don't really understand it, but he said, you're too far behind the curve, which I think means you're in trouble if you're in an aircraft. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But we're going to take the spoils of the battle. So last, oh, well, I wanted to read this to you because uh, the Lord gave this to me yesterday and it was absolutely riveting. I don't know how I ever missed it. Now, if you read Deuteronomy 28, in the first 14 verses, you're going to read the blessing, the blessing of Abraham. Before we end spring Bible study and go into summer Bible study, I will be talking to you about the faith of Abraham. We're going to start talking about building up our faith because we need to. But the blessing of Abraham's in the first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28. It's a wonderful blessing. Blessed are you when you go out. Blessed are you when you come in. Your enemies who rise up against you one way will flee before you seven ways. On and on and on. The Lord will bless your storehouse. He'll bless all the work of your hands. I mean, it's powerful, powerful, powerful. And then all the way through the end of the rest of the chapter, it's the curse. Now, what is the curse? The curse is everything that's bad. How does the curse come? It comes through breaking the law. Thank God Jesus fulfilled the law for us, so we're not under the law. He purchased our freedom. But I was reading, I had instruction from the Holy Spirit yesterday, read, reread what the curses were. And when I got to this one, I was like, oh, here you go, you ready? Verse 65, and among these nations you shall find no ease, 
and there shall be no rest for the sole of your foot. But the Lord will give you a trembling heart. Here you go. Failing of eyes from disappointment of hope. Does that sound like hope deferred to you? You know, aren't we always quoting Proverbs 13, 12? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Well, part of the curse is failing of eyes from disappointment of hope. Fainting of mind and languishing of spirit. What is that? Giving up. What does the thief come to do? Steal, kill, destroy. Remember that word kill is not murder. It is the Greek word for slaughter or sacrifice. The thief comes to wear you down with so much discouragement that you give up. You sacrifice the promise. I mean, some of you are looking at me like, oh, no. But there's hope. There's hope. Your life shall hang in doubt before you day and night. You'll be worried. Worry is part of the curse. And you'll have no assurance of your life. In the morning, you'll say, I wish it were evening. And at evening, you'll say, I wish it were morning. Because of the anxiety and dread of your mind and heart and the sights, which you shall see with your own eyes. It's a curse. But listen to the good news. And you know what? I, I don't ever use the term Old Testament, New Testament. You know why? It's the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant made with the blood of goats and bulls. And the New Covenant with the blood of the Lamb. You know, one of my absolutely favorite things about the Christmas story is when she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. You know why? Because when lambs were born, they wrapped the lambs in soft cloth to protect them. And Jesus was wrapped in the garment of a lamb because he is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Good news, Galatians 3.13. Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse of the law. I just read to you. Part of the curse. What does redeem mean? It means to buy back, to purchase, to ransom. You see, a kidnapper tried to steal our destiny. And Jesus, with his own blood, bought us back from all that is bad by himself becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That was Jesus. So if he became a curse, he became the curse of a trembling heart, no rest for the soles of my feet, failing of eyes from disappointment of hope, fainting of mind, languishing of spirit, doubt for my life, dread of getting up in the morning, dread of going to bed at night, not knowing if I'm going to wake up or not. He purchased my freedom from those things. If you read the whole curse, you know, if you, if you look in the natural at what science is saying is the cause of all disease, do you know what that is? Single word, anybody know? Inflammation. Read Deuteronomy 28. Inflammation is the curse of the law. Tumors are a curse of the law. The itch is a curse of the law. Well, I don't know what the itch is, but... Whatever it is, okay, skin, skin diseases. Boils, curse of the law. Read it. 
All those things brought in by Adam. You know, look how long it took man to die at a young age. Methuselah lived to be, what was it, 969, was it? 969 years. And then his sin was passed on from generation to generation. Oh, no, Sandy's because they ate better. They didn't have processed food. Well, you know what? Your, your body is only a third of your being. <laughs> How your soul is weighs a whole lot heavier. You prosper, you're in health as your soul prospers. And so, I just wanted to share that with you before I tell you what the Lord spoke to me on Sunday, March 14th at, at 2022, and then we're done. You ready? I was getting ready to make dinner for my husband. I mean, I was praying. I was praying in the spirit, and I was focused on the Lord, but I wasn't looking for anything in particular. And all of a sudden, I heard five scriptures in succession. I mean, it was like, do, 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 do. And I'm just going to tell you what they are. Okay, this is the pop quiz. Tell me what the recurring word is. I'm going to read it to you, okay? Isaiah 14, 4. You will jeer at the king of Babylon and recite this proverb. Your oppressor has been stilled. Your onslaught is over. The Lord has shattered the staff of the wicked. Mark 5, 34, Jesus said to her daughter, how many of you are daughters in here? Except Lewis, you are not. <laughs> daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Isaiah 40, verse 20, speak kindly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her time of warfare is over over. Song of Solomon 2.11, the winter is over. The rains have stopped. Romans 13.12, this came a few minutes later. Night is almost over and the day will soon appear. What is the recurring word in those five scriptures? Over. Over. And it was like, do, 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 do. It's over. And I heard the wait is over. And for many of us that receive it, so shall it be. In the greatest struggle of your life. And then on St. Patty's Day at 8.51 in the evening, I was going to check my emails. I'm diligent to check my emails every day because people do communicate. You should check yours. It really annoys me when people say I never check my emails. Well, that's why you didn't get what I sent you. And the title in the subject said in capital letters, the wait is over. I don't know what the wait, I don't even know what I was talking about. I just saw that and I went, Lord, you can talk to me any way you want. You can talk to me on a bumper sticker. You can talk to me on a billboard. You do talk to me in the Word. You can talk to me on a T-shirt. One of my favorite stories is when my brother-in-law's mother was dying, and he was so concerned for her salvation. I mean, just agonizing over whether his mother was born again. And I think she was not conscious at the time. So, <clears throat> and by the way, if you're ministering to someone like that, the first sense that a fetus gets is the sense of hearing. And the last thing to leave before you depart is your sense of hearing. And I've had many people, I've, I say, you just go in and you lead them through the salvation prayer. 
It doesn't matter if they're unconscious. Their spirit man will hear. And, and to the time of death, you have an opportunity to receive Jesus. Amen. It's like the true story of a doctor. His, his uh, son had a gunshot wound. And he was an ER doctor. And you know how they do. I mean, you've watched enough TV to know they come running in with their cart, whatever it's called, <clears throat> gurney. And, uh, and they say, gunshot wound or whatever. And when the doctor looked down, it was his son. And he had been fatally shot, but he was still alive. And the doctor said, son, you must receive Jesus. And the boy said, Jesus, and he died. Now, do you think he went to heaven? Yeah. Do you think he received the same reward as someone who served God all their life? The Bible, Jesus said yes. He said the one that comes in at the end of the day receives the same reward. What is the reward? Eternal life. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be with the Apostle Paul and John Wesley and Charles Wesley and all the rest, Billy Graham, that are teaching in the, the great cathedrals of heaven, but you'll sure be there. And so my brother-in-law was just really interceding for his mother and asking the Lord about her salvation. And he came to a stoplight, stoplight and he looked at the car ahead of him, and on the bumper sticker it said, Thank God your mother chose life. Now, that was a pro-life sticker. We know that, right? But do you think God could speak through that? You bet he can. You bet he can. And so, back to my spiritual father. He read Psalm 112, and it says, Your heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Your heart is steady. Your heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And he said, now that may not be what it's talking about, but it was rhema to me. I mean, the Lord has spoken many things to me in the word of God that may not have been specifically for, for that what it was talking about, but you know what? The word is alive. I mean, when I say, and I, I try not to do this, but I very often fail. If I say, Janice, I love your blouse, am I in love with her blouse? No, it's a thing. But if I say, I love you, it has a different meaning, right? Why? Well, because I'm alive. And so my words can mean different things. The word is alive. And if he gives you a rhema word, I mean, it ministers to you, or you might say it leapt off the page. So when I heard this about over, I began to look it up. And you know what the first thing that came up? There's many meanings to it's over, many meanings. But you know the first thing that popped up when I looked it up? It is finished. Oh, yes. <laughs> or it's done. So many of you have been walking through a very intense battle. It can be circumstantial. It could be with your health. It could be the battle in your mind. But it's like Rick taught me. All storms have an expiration date. I love that. And, you know, I'm very diligent to check products. Very diligent. I mean, I check my spices. I check everything. And if it says expiration date, 3-1-22, I throw it away. You know why? Because it's over. My daughter, Kelly, just adores me because when her kids were young enough to need me to stay there, 
unfortunately, they grew up, but, you know. And we would have so much fun. And so one day, I, so one time I was staying with them, and I was getting something out of the pantry, and I noticed she had at least 20 spices that were expired. I threw every one of them away. And they called their mother, and they said, Mimi just threw away your entire pantry. I was trying to save your life. But it didn't stop there. Another definition of over. A functional word to indicate the possession of authority, power, or jurisdiction in regard to a person or thing. After the Lord spoke those words to me, your onslaught is over, your suffering is over, the night is over, the winter is over. Then he began to speak to me about who I am and who you are. Revelation 12, 10 and 11, I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now, the power of now, now the salvation and the power, the kingdom of our God, the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down at last. He who accuses them and keeps bringing charges against them before our God day and night, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. Luke 135, then the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Isaiah 60, verse 2, look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth, and thick gloom covers the nations. But the Lord arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. What does over mean in this case? A word, a possession of authority, jurisdiction, and power. 1 John 5, 4. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And in the millennial reign of Christ, Isaiah 60, 20. There will be no more sunsets or new moons, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sadness will be over. One week later, this past Sunday, March 20th, Zephaniah 317, the Lord began to sing over me. The Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest, and in his love, he will be silent. He will make no mention of your past sins or even recall them. He will exalt over you, over you with singing. We have overcome. He sings over us. He has joy over us. His glory appears over us. Your onslaught is over. Your battle is over. Will you take it? Isaiah 26, 13 through 15. O oh Lord, our God, other masters beside you have ruled over us. But we will acknowledge and mention your name only. Have you ever noticed that people with the diagnosis, that's all they talked about? I was on the phone last night with somebody uh, about 1030 last night. And speaking of over, over, and over, and over again, 
all I heard about was the diagnosis. And I finally said, stop. And then I said, let me encourage you. Ask the Holy Spirit, was there an entrance? Are you nursing a grudge, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness? And she said, well, yes, of course. Let's go back to Isaiah 26. <laughs> the former tyrant masters are dead. They shall not live and reappear. They are powerless ghosts. They shall not rise and come back. Therefore, God, you have visited and made an end of them and caused every memory of them and every trace of their supremacy to perish. That which ruled over you, God calls a powerless ghost. Will you allow it? It's up to you. I want to close with something else Jesus said to me. I don't usually do this. I had something else planned for today. So what else is new? But the Lord said to me, there's only one place the devil is to be in your life. And that is not ruling over you. He is to be under your feet. Romans 16, 19, and 20. While your loyalty and obedience is known to all. This is, I'm just telling you, this is directly to me. Your loyalty and obedience is known to all. You have no idea how many people I say to, that say to me, thank you for being obedient. And my response, thank you, Lord. Because without your grace... I would be a worthless wretch. And Cindy will tell you, I'm loyal. Am I loyal? What would I have done if she said to me? <laughs> For while your loyalty and obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. Here you go. I would have you well-versed and wise as to what is good and innocent and guileless as to what is evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. The Apostle Paul prayed that you can know and understand the immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his power in and for you who believe, as demonstrated in his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name named, not only in this age, but in the world to come. And here you go. And he has put all things under his feet. Now listen. This is what's important. It was the fulfillment of what is called the proto-evangel in Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve fell through high treason, the Lord God prophesied that a Messiah would come. And to the serpent, he said, you will bruise his hill, but he will crush your head. Jesus' heels were bruised when those nails pierced his feet to pay the price for our 
faulty walk. But a bruise to the heel is not fatal. A crushed head is fatal. So when Eve gave birth to Cain, did you know she thought he was the Messiah? She said, I have begotten a male child from the Lord. We're going to play in a moment a video that was given a little while back that is a prophetic word by John Kilpatrick. If you don't know who he is, he was the pastor, it still is, I think, of, uh, was it Brownsville in Florida? Where years ago, there was a, a mighty revival. I mean, there were powerful miracles. And yes, there were fruit, nuts, and flakes, <laughs> or the granolas, as you call them. But there were also powerful miracles, documented miracles. Don't get discouraged if the Lord speaks something to you that doesn't happen right away. I believe in the power of now. But with the prophetic word, sometimes it's a continuum. And it might not happen immediately. So Eve thought Cain was the Messiah. It was 6,000 years later before he came. So here we go. He's put all things under his feet, and he's appointed Jesus, the universal supreme head of the church, which is his body. He's the head. We are the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If Jesus is the head, and we are his body, and he's put the enemy under his feet, where should the enemy be? Under our feet, not over our head. So it's very easy for me to receive that word that my onslaught is over. It is finished. And I want you to know that includes the battles in your mind. So if we could play this video now, I just want you to hear this very encouraging decree. You are blessed by the Lord. Things that would destroy others are going to work in your favor. You're not like others. You are the blessed of the Lord. You are a peculiar people called out and singled out by the hand of God for success. No weapon formed will fire against you. As a matter of fact, it will actually misfire. God has taken the bullets out of the devil's weapons and he's put blanks in and substituted blanks for real bullets. Nothing shall hurt you. I declare it right now. Nothing shall hurt you. The warfare against God's people will leave many spoils on the battlefield. No battle is ever complete until you go out where the battle took place and gather the spoils. This spell of the devil is going to backfire on him big time. You will be so loaded down with a great variety of blessings that there will not be enough room to contain the spoils. God is in the process of enlarging you. You will need storehouses to house the spoils that you're going to come out of this pandemic with. You cannot curse what God's blessed, and you cannot put a spell on those that love the truth and serve the living God. I can see the spirit of disease and deadly attacks hitting you, but not penetrating you. They're splattering and sliding off onto the ground, not even leaving the stain on you. There is a wall of fire about you, a canopy of fire over you, and the Holy Ghost of fire within you. No spell 
is going to be able to affect you. You are a child of God and an heir of the Almighty. Soon there will be no similarities left over from the season of your life. We are turning a corner. It has not yet appeared what our God has been preparing for us all along, even though we could not see what he was doing. The season of change is fast approaching. Change your clothes from garments of despair and a spirit of heaviness and put on some sunshine clothes. The sun is going to shine again. The roses are going to bloom again. The night is far spent. Today is a new day. A new day is dawning and a new season awaits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand up on your feet. Give the Lord praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I praise you, Father. I praise you, Lord. I praise your word. I thank you, Lord, that the night is over. The suffering is over. We decree it. You said we would decree a thing and it would be established and the light of your favor would shine on our ways. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise, Lord. Thank you that you bore the curse. Thank you for that, Lord. We are the blessed of the Lord. And we hold our head up high. We are your body, the fullness of you who fills all in all. And we acknowledge you and we honor you, sir. You are the head. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. We believe it. We receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.